for centuries. We've been warned about little green men. Now, they are coming. They're coming for you. Prepare for the attack of the android. What's up, guys? It's Tuesday, October 28th, 2014. This is episode 138 of Attack of the Androids. Tuesday evenings, when we have the time, attackoftheandroids.com. Check it out. I'm Matt Lee. That guy right there, <laughs> looking like he just had some computer problems. That's Eric Kimmickenbeer. What's up, Eric? Not much. I did have computer problems because Hangouts sucks. You know, I, hate them. I feel your pain, except that I don't, because Hangouts is actually working pretty good for me, so... Maybe oh, today. maybe you need a new computer. I'm just saying it's amazing what uh, uh what five hundred dollars will do thrown at uh at Hangouts. <laughs> also joining us, Nick Carroll. How you doing, Nick? Yeah, hey guys, glad to be back. That's pretty much what I did. I just threw money at the problem and it sort of went away. You do, so. right? I mean <laughs> I could get another gig of RAM for this VIO, but really, I mean it's Intel Centrino. Do they make that type of RAM anymore? Uh, probably not. Work? Probably not, Eric. And it's Centrino inside, dude. Ooh. Pretty sure my phone is packing more processor power <laughs> than this old Vio. But that's all right. Is it a Centrino? Yes, probably. Probably. They they probably, some of those old devices had Centrino inside of them. My first little netbook did. Uh, Android, what should we start things out with? Amazon announcing... Amazon just kind of taking plays out of, like, me too, we have one of these too, but ours is only $19 if you're a Prime member. Uh, A little Chromecast competitor. Now, are they reaching out to the subset of the population that doesn't yet have some sort of way to watch this, this stuff? It's just one more thing? Yeah, I think I think they're kind of running into the wall that a lot of the other companies are going to run into. Like <clears throat> for our house, we have a number of dumb TVs still that that work just fine. But we we've got a Chromecast, a Roku, we've got a smart Blu-ray player. You know, we have a PS3, a PS4. So we're we're kind of running out of devices to to get these sort of things. I think if they had that maybe a year ago when the Chromecast came out, maybe they would have something. But it seems like they're only coming out with it recently. So. But at least it's about the same price. So if you're in the Amazon ecosystem, it'll probably have some value for you. But uh, otherwise, maybe not. I kind of think that you know, I, Google is Google is a name, but I don't know that it's as much of a household name for people as Amazon is. That's a good um, point for sure. So and the the Fire TV, which I've read some articles recently that state that the Fire TV has actually been much more of a success um, than the. Amazon Fire phone, but if that $99 price point is too high, um, you know, maybe $39 is a little bit better to, you know, for some people, if they really just want the ability to stream Netflix to their, you know, dumb TV or their smart TV that they just don't know has Netflix streaming capability yet. Yeah, I do think it is a good option as opposed to the their $99 player. You know, I think that if you don't have a player, you have Amazon Prime. Now's a really good time because it's like thirty-nine dollars if you don't have Prime, but if you have Prime, you can pick it up for nineteen. And at that point, it's a pretty good deal. So, but that ends today. It was only for the first two days. Mm. So, if you're listening live, <laughs> you have a little bit of time to go get it. Otherwise, it's going to be thirty-nine bucks. I saw this in my Facebook feed, which is where all of my normal friends uh, live. Uh, you don't see this kind of stuff in in Google Plus, I guess, because. You know, nobody's really using it except for us. Uh, but it, it was the, the question, I need to buy a tablet. Uh, which do I go with an Android tablet? Do I go with a new iPad or do I get one of these Kindle things? And my answer was obviously what, what ecosystem do you live in? Because that's what, that's what it really comes down to. And I did see that echoed a couple times um, and use case. But pretty much now, the use case, you can pretty much do everything with all of them. Maybe not so much on the Kindle Fire because it's more of a consumption-only device. I mean, you can still probably uh, get away with certain things. But you're not going to have the Play Store, which if you're in that ecosystem, maybe you want. But if you use Amazon a lot, then maybe you don't care. Yeah, also with Amazon tablets, the entry level to get in is is pretty cheap. You know, they have a $99, you know, 
six-inch tablet now that you can pick up, you know, for your kids or whatever. And they've had real good success with their tablets. You know, maybe if their uh, unsuccessful phone can be dropped, you know, its price you know, pretty significantly, maybe that'll take off for them. But they, whereas Apple makes, you know, these highly profitable, high-end, premium devices for a fee, you know, Amazon gets, you know, a mid-range to modestly high-end you know, spec tablet or whatever, and, you know, they sell at a really cutting-edge price, and that's that's where, you know, their audience comes from. So, anyways, but, yeah, it does depend on use case, budget, and, you know, and other other things, so. I like the – One thing I find – Oh, the, oh go I, ahead. I just want to throw out a couple – just this thing in the article, and Android in me has it here. It says that the Fire Phone was uh, proven to be an unmitigated disaster with serious losses for the company – Including uh, $83 million in unwanted phones just laying around. So do you think this is possibly some of the technology that was in those unwanted phones just kind of repackaged? Probably not so much, but with their Fire Phone, they did everything wrong. You know, a mid-range phone for really expensive price with gimmicky features that just didn't appeal to a lot of people. It was also only exclusively on AT&T. Not something you could just pick up and just use anywhere. So well, they, they think they, they were the. Wrong. They think they're the iPhone doing exclusivity deals. What's up with that? Yeah, it was really weird. I'm not. I'm not sure. It's like, yeah, I don't know where, what they were thinking. To be honest, it was complete. Well, you either yeah. do that because you either didn't, do that because you're not T-Mobile. Is it? I was not aware yeah. of it being being unlocked. I thought it was exclusive just to AT&T and you can only get it through them, but I could be wrong. Maybe they were just testing. Maybe, maybe, maybe that, that big spot where all those ET Atari games uh, in the landfill opened up a little spot there and they can just put those phones right in there. Uh, that's cool, though. I mean, it's good to see competition for sure, especially undercutting prices i mean we thought a 35 dollar chromecast something here in our household with you know the roommates and everybody has their android phone and even iphones a couple of our friends have them and anybody is like hey check this out boom it's on the tv really cool device one for 19 dollars, or you know for for the sale what do we know what it's going to go up to after the the cheap sale or is that its price 39 dollars. okay so four dollars over interesting yeah, I thought yeah. it was. I thought the way I read it, I could be wrong, but I thought the way I read it, it was thirty nine dollars for everyone, unless you have Amazon Prime for the duration of the sale. But I was actually unaware that it ended tonight, so <laughs> I could be wrong. Yep. Um. One one thing that I see that I still don't get. Do you guys do you, do you play games on your Chromecast or anything? I like? I've been playing Shadows of Mordor, and basically just freeing slaves like i've spent the last three days pretty much call me wraith braham lincoln because i free so many slaves from these orcs do you like that it's it's a pretty good game (laughs) so no i've been actually gaming on that the only thing i just i don't see myself do it like playing games it's touting like over 200 games and i yeah i I don't maybe for the casual gamer again for the person that lives in the amazon ecosystem that's that's legit but i don't know the the only thing really we do with chromecast is netflix and music and podcasts beyond pod because those apps work well there's still crap support for streaming actual mkvs or mp4 or m4vs wherever you're playing your video files that you might download uh legally you know it won't do that yeah mostly i just play i just play music on it sometimes when i'm out there in the living room if i'm cleaning up or whatever or, or sometimes I'll just uh, leave the uh, whatever the screensaver is on and just cycle through pictures. The pictures. Can, can I tell you, sometimes I, I wake up in the middle of the night and I'll come out into the living room and if the TV is left on, the two cats are sitting on the couch watching Chromecast pictures. Not sleeping. <laughs> I come out and they both are like this and then they look up at me and then they're like, please don't turn that off. It's so awesome. But it... it the thing I like about it is it works way better. We have a Vizio 
TV and the Netflix native app. I thought it was cool because you can do it from your phone. Like it just when you hit the cast button, it'll show up as the Vizio in there. It's so buggy. Like it rarely have I gotten it to work for Netflix at least. That's the only thing I've really tried. But I my experience is these these onboard TV apps are just not as good as if you have a Chromecast or something like that. So yeah, and the cool thing with something like a Chromecast or a Fire Stick or whatever that thing's called is. You know, you can essentially upgrade it over time. So next year there will be a better version. Like there's going to be a new Chromecast coming out with dual band support as opposed to just the 2.4 gigahertz frequency, and it's probably going to be more powerful. So we'll likely see the same thing over time with these devices and even the Roku and other devices. Well, and that's the important thing, right? Because back in the day or even if those early adopters that bought the TVs that have these apps, you got to buy a whole new TV, yo. This thing, I like the idea of just having a dumb display. And then hooking up whatever to it, whatever you need, yeah. your phone, your Chromecast, your computer, you know, whatever you're doing. That way, as long as your pixels are legit, the TV's fine. You're not having to replace it every two or three years like they would want you to. Well, so. people, like I, I talk to people and they ask, like, you know, should I get an Apple TV? Should I get a Roku? And I've, I've always just recommended a Roku a Roku because I think that's like the gold standard of these streaming devices. Yeah. Um, but with these with Chromecast, with another option with the Amazon uh, Fire Stick, which might actually be easier to use than the Chromecast. Um, I don't know. Like, this this may end up being, like, the go-to recommendation for people who just want to, you know, just stream Netflix on their TV. And that's so cheap. All the comments I'm reading, it's that price point, right? Impulse buy. Yeah. I bought one. It's an impulse buy. I'll give it to somebody if I don't use it. I already have a Chromecast. I bought one for the the three more months of free Netflix, whatever you know. Yeah. So yeah, well, cool. More uh, more competition, which will only give way to cheaper costs and more uh, features. Uh, let's see what's next. You want to talk about this next bit? Supposedly bringing iOS-like app continuity and limitless storage to Android. Ooh, I like. The term limitless. It, it, it means it, without without limits or boundaries. Right? It, it invokes just a feeling of of being without limits. No speed limits, no no physics, no limits on the manifestations of this reality. F that. No limit. Unfortunately it's not quite unlimited, but it's it's pretty close, I guess. So no. what is it? What is it, please? It's a pretty good app that a lot. Well, if you want to talk about it, Eric, you no, may know no. more. Okay, it's it's basically a fun a feature. If you have this version of CyanogenGen, where you can essentially have this app work on a project or or whatever you're doing on it, say you're doodling or whatever, and you can basically, if you have another another CM phone phone with CM on it, and and with this ability, you can basically transfer that project in as it is over to the other device and essentially be able to pick up where you left off. So if you have a smartphone and a tablet, if you're doing something on your smartphone, you want to carry continue it on a tablet because it's a bigger screen, you could you know, do that. So it, it seems pretty cool. It's um it's also like it, it's a framework too, so it can it can be baked in like it's it's not gonna be an app. It'll be built into whatever operating system you're running, whether whatever version I should say of the operating system you're running, whether it's CyanogenMod, uh, if another, oh, you know, if an OEM decides to bake it into Sense, um, it's something that's going to be integrated at such a deep level that, um, you know, they're they're at least saying uh, it'll be it'll be very smooth. Um, and the good thing about that is because it's in the framework. You don't have to, like each individual app developer does not have to build in support for this. So, you know, like Nick's saying, if you're doodling, all you all you do is like sort of in whatever the keystroke is or whatever to invoke this. Uh, what are they called? Baton is what they're yeah. calling this. Yeah, passing the baton. Um, and you just say, hey, send it to this device, and after a few seconds, it it sort of sucks it into the other device, and you're you're at the exact same point you were at. Yeah, from um, what I understand, there's a limitation in terms of like if you have two high-end devices with high-end, you know, networking, that it'll occur faster, but not so much, you know, if it's slower or you don't have the high highest, you know, data transfer speed. So, one thing I found interesting is that it said in the article that that Baton is actually currently being shipped um, 
on some NTT Docomo devices in Japan. Um, so, and and they're talking to Chinese OEMs right now. So it's already out in the wild. Like this isn't, you know. Well, I don't know that we're going to see any reviews of this, um, you know, because I don't know that there's any journalists that are are you know in Japan that you know for any of the big sites that we read that will be able to test these NTT Docomo devices. Um, but this isn't just a pipe dream at this point. Like they've they've made something, they've put it out there. Um, so we hopefully can see how it works sometime soon. And what's the Cyanogen mod tie-in? This is made by. They their Cyanogen mod is teaming up with this company Nextbit that created this. Gotcha. Um, and they're going to release it so public. Been... Yeah, it'll be supported on 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 Cyanogen basically. So. So well, and one of the comments they're saying that's why I asked it. They're saying that the the Baton's first public release is going to debut on commercially distributed Cyanogen mod OS at some point this year. So that's the N1 and the OnePlus one, right? Those are the only two devices that they're on. Unless there's another one coming around. Right, um, right. Like the, the OnePlus the one, plus one they're finally taking out of invite-only invite status, I think, uh, sometime soon. Um, so maybe that's a precursor to them releasing like a second version of that Um which is probably invite-only again, uh, yeah. but running this new version. Oppo is also releasing a couple new phones uh, fairly soon. One of them is a successor to the phone that you have, Eric, and the other one I don't know what it is because the, from what I've seen in their like press re- release, not really a press release, but like a, a peak is basically a pic, uh, picture of the successor to your phone and like a sneak peek of the corner of the other phone. So maybe we might see it on those, at least on the cyanogen versions of those phones if that occurs yeah well there's i don't know that i put the story in the in the rundown but um you know there was some talk that uh i believe it was oppo no no as oneplus was looking at dumping color os which is the um sort of the the version of the flavor of android that oppo created um which is the alternative to running cyanogen mod um so if the, these two stories could be linked, you know, it could be that they're just dropping Color OS altogether and just going 100% with Cyanogen mod. Interesting. Tell us about so you can use that when you're feeling healthy. What what would you what would you use if you're not feeling so healthy, perhaps? The Taco Bell app. There you go. The Taco Bell app. Now is this a must have? I I install the Papa John's app when I'm when I just don't feel like talking to a person and I'll order the pizza and then I will uninstall it. So that's well, it's probably similar. One thing I thought was was kind of a little, I mean, it makes sense because Taco Bell doesn't deliver in the states. Um, but like you you place your order, but then you still have to go to the store. Yeah. So <laughs> it, it even has less utility than a Papa John's so app it's, because. They're not bringing it to you. Well, the Five Guys app comes to mind because you place your – or the idea is that you don't have to wait in line when you get there. You get there, your stuff's done, it's paid for, and boom, you're out the door. Thus nobody, making nobody's complaining making fast food Taco Bell. even faster. Yeah. Um, the problem for me is the only time that I'm even thinking about Taco Bell is when places like Five Guys are closed. And you can only get, get the food you want at Taco Bells when you've got – the drive-thru. So. Nick, the problem yeah. for me personally is that it's Taco Bell. <laughs> but that's just that me. Awesome. I, I can't eat Taco Bell. I'll, I will drive the extra, you know, half half a block across the street to Taco John's. <laughs> I try not to eat. Mexi rolls, there is, there is no place called Taco John's. There is. There is, and I eat there, there a lot. <laughs> I eat there uh, quite a bit. The Mexican in me uh, is pleased by its food. The or no, in me is the, the white in me is pleased. The Mexican in me is like, this is garbage, but it's better than Taco Bell. <laughs> but they don't have an app, so I have to wait in line. <laughs> what are you going to do? Yeah, and, and they don't have a Dorito shell. Oh, those are so is... gross. They do have churros, though. <laughs> And Mexi rolls. Have I mentioned Mexi rolls? <laughs> They're pretty good. 
It's like a tortilla with some sort of amazing flavoring squeezed inside of it. You should you should talk to them, Ta- Taco John's. None of it resembles know. meat or anything like that. Well, that's cool. I mean, just really making it easier, putting putting the power into the hands of the public. When the public that's is right. like, we're hungry. Taco Bell's like, I got an app for that. I got an appetite for meaty, that. Meaty, squishy hands of the public. Well, that's sweet. Yeah. So you can, I like this. It says you can even place an order well in advance and pick it up later. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm thinking, two weeks from tomorrow. I'm gonna need some no, this Taco is for Bell. Lazy parents. We're going out of town. We we left you. We left you Angry Birds <laughs> with one in-app purchase, and we left you the Taco Bell app. That's a great idea. Survive. You come home. You stop at Taco Bell on the way home from school. You got dinner. You're fine. Damn. I like that move. That's a, that's definitely a, that's a good look. There, I think there's a reason why the only two non-fathers in this in this conversation are the ones that are talking. Nick's just like, nah. Nah. I'm slightly interested in this app, but that's about as far as it goes. I don't think I would use it that often. Now, Nick, <laughs> what what intrigues you about this app? Is it the fact that it's an app and that it exists, or is there yeah, an aspect can, to it? Just that you can order something from Taco Bell that way. I, I'm pretty sure other establishments like you know Domino's have something similar, but I've never thought oh, about it. I'll tell you what. I, I went to a, a Kill the Noise show in Missoula uh, on Sunday, so I had a little time in a hotel room which is the only time I ever see a TV with commercials, I saw, first of all, it's weird seeing commercials for apps. Can I say yeah. that? It is, it's the weirdest thing. I'm, I'm just, I, I'm not used to it. So when I saw it, I was like, that's kind of weird. That's what's on my computer. Now it's on this stupid TV thing. Whatever. Uh, I saw then a Domino's ad for their app. And now they're like, you don't even have to touch your phone. Uh, you can just talk to it. And they have some name for this persona that lives in the Domino's app on your phone that you can just be like, yo, I, I'm hungry. I don't want to talk to somebody on the phone, but I'm going to talk to you on my phone. Hmm. It's like Siri for Domino's? Kind of, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've seen the commercial once. It takes a little. It's, it's like weird. It's a 30-second commercial. And it, it's weird. It takes a little second to wind. It winds you down this evolution of how we came to this process of why, why you're going to use this app in this specific way. But uh, it's pretty cool. You know, I would more likely use that than a Taco Bell app, mainly because I probably won't get sick after eating a pizza. But uh, so. I, I kind of feel like some of this stuff is like CIA fronts. And it's like, it's like MIBs, right? Like you say you order the right thing and it lets you into the, that's what I feel like. Like this can't even be real that it's so just, Unreal. I I don't know. Taco Bell for Android. Good deal. Uh, let's see. From the Android developers blog, this is kind of cool. Seeing some more apps roll out. The material design. Uh, what was one I noticed the other day? I mean, obviously, Play Store got it. Oh, Play Music got it and got some cool uh, features added to it from the songs acquisition. Uh, we can kind of talk about that a little bit next if you want. But uh, run us down the checklist, Eric. The Android. Probably not the whole checklist. This is a long checklist. No, I I'm gonna need it in full. Tri- All of it. Triplicate. <laughs> okay, perfect. I'm taking notes, so please please go. So you require tangible surfaces. I like this the sound of that. Element. Shadows and surfaces are used in a consistent and structured way. You need a bold print-like aesthetic. Mm. So basically, they went around in offices and looked at all the real shit and they were like, all right, we're going to make our shit look like this real shit. So I'm going to need pictures of you moving a file and then we're going to replicate that. No, it, it, it is cool. I, I do like where this is going. It's just funny that like that, this is a thing that like we're recreating this, this kind of real world, tangible reality and experience on these little devices that then will give us that same experience so that, you know, it's easier to learn, to pick up. And from someone that just went to Windows 8, I'll tell you, muscle memory in the brain is bitch. I 
keep wanting to not use the Windows 8 thing, and it's like, no, we really think you should use this. And you, like, find yourself where where I work at, we move the trash can, and I still, like, go for where it used to be. Like, you get used to doing There's stuff. trash all over the floor. Yeah, so be. when they do the material design thing, I think it, it will click with people better, and there will be – you'll be able to learn these UIs better, and app developers will have an easier time conveying what they're trying to get you to do uh, in the app because it'll it, make it sense. An, yeah, it is an interesting art style. It's semi-flat. But, but not really, it's not flat in the way that iOS has sort of gone to. And same thing with Microsoft's Windows tiles. It is more 3D in terms of how the interface is and when you move through the icons and other objects on screen. But it, it is a little bit weird. When, when you get used to hollow the, the you know, design we've had for the last, I don't know, a couple of years, Nick, it, is, it is a bit of a change. Nick, it's pronounced holla. Holo, holla. Holla. <laughs> holla. my phone. But, uh, I just, I like that they have... Um, you know, like if you're trying to if you're trying to design a modern looking app, um, like just picking one thing out, like under motion, um, you know, it says uh, ripple effects is one of these signature elements, and it actually points out in code this is what you do to get the ripple effect. If you're on Lollipop, and if you're on something before Lollipop, this is how you do it. So it's it's really just it's simplifying it um, for maybe those people who are not, you know. They're they're not they're not UI you know they're 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 code people they're not very good at UI. Yeah, one one thing that interests me about this whole thing is how will the OEMs handle it? Like, is TouchWiz going to look any different? Yeah. <laughs> is Sense going to look yeah. what's different? Yeah. So. They just won't get anything past Lollipop, right? <laughs> like, we're I happy mean, here on Froyo. It's fine. I mean, like the apps will probably look look a little different themselves. Those that obey it, but like the the user interface itself, uh, that's that's what intrigues me. Is if if companies like Samsung or or HTC, how well they'll 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 implement that into their you know skins. So well, and speaking of this, we we could talk about Inbox now that Eric was nice enough to give. I don't know if you got an invite, Nick, but uh, no. I got one, and I've been using it, and actually, I do. I do like it more than regular Gmail. I don't, I don't know. It's cool. And then I saw that you can use it on the web, like on your on your computer. You can switch to that. Uh, more of that material design in how you deal with emails and like the workflow of going through each of your each of the labels and how it's bundling things together and almost like rating them or not rating them, but sorting them, showing you yeah, what it thinks is most important first. Uh, going down to like promotions and bill and you know that kind of stuff, but I I really like it and I like the way the new animations move and everything. It does not like more immersive, but it feels like more of a real thing. It tricks your brain better because the lag time is diminishing. I think it's pretty, but I I still do not like. I've never been on board with the with Google bundling things into promotions and things like that because I don't think they do. A very accurate job of it. It's because like, you're doing it wrong. That, yeah, they get it wrong too much, and there are some things that I don't consider a promotion um, that they do. So, like I in inbox, I actually went through and told it to ignore like most of that stuff. Like I, I'll still let it group travel and uh, travel and purchases because those are fairly straightforward. Um, but everything else, like this, is why I have inbox rules myself. Um, I, I feel like inbox screws too much with my, you know, with my way of doing things. I don't really want to, you just not want to take the time to teach it. Cause I started using like the different categories that they had and a few times it would get stuff wrong, but I would just make a rule for it or just drag it. And it would say, do you want me to do this for all of these? And then you just tell it. Yeah. And so maybe it, maybe that transition worked better for me. Cause I was already using that, that kind of setup. Yeah. I've not used it myself, but I'll, I'll say that coming from my standpoint, like at work, I have multiple email accounts that I do, deal with. I have multiple personal email accounts that I deal with. And, you know, having too many inboxes can be an issue. And when you're dealing with inbox, at least from what I've seen, not having the app myself, watching some videos of it from other people that do have it, it seems like now you have the inbox and you have all these, you know, different boxes you have to look at where emails automatically been sent to or whatever, or maybe you have to send it yourself. But it gets pretty convoluted and pretty complex unless you're used to just 
always sorting the various emails that you get from the various clients in the various locations. It just gets, you know, See, I pump, I pipe all of that stuff right into my Gmail account, and then I just kind of deal with it as it comes in, and it never gets overwhelming. I think people are just doing email wrong. Like, I don't get how you can be like, oh, my God, I have, like, thousands of messages. Like, no, you don't. You just don't ever deal with any of them. <laughs> like, it's not hard. I don't know. It seems common. Yeah, I do. I really like the um, sort of how the reminders and notifications are built in. The snooze like, I, is cool, I, right? I like that. What's that? The snooze option. Because I do that a lot. Like, I'll, I'll be like, I, I need to deal with this, but not now. So I'll just usually leave it. And then it works its way down. So this, if you're out of town or something, you get an email, you can say snooze till I get home based on location. Yeah. Or you can say snooze till this time. And then it'll show you the email again like it's new. It, that that I like a lot. I think that's great. Like that option uh, also like sometimes if I need to remember something, I'll send myself an email. Um, but now I can just I can just say like, you know, remind me to do this at this time. Um, and like there are other ways to do it. Like you could do a calendar thing, with keep. But this is just built in, and it's easy. I, I don't know. I really, I really like it. There are things of inbox I really, really like. I'm just not. I'm just a little uneasy to go, you know, 100% into it. You never go full inbox, Eric. Yeah. I still have Gmail yeah. open. You don't go full inbox. <laughs> I get to. I, I wonder if do I oh I I cleared the notifications. I'll see like on my notification bar in Android, I'll have two like yep. Gmail and inbox. Yep. I pick the one that Android looks device. nicer and then I'll use that one. So it's inbox. So Matt's using inbox hundred percent. No, it changes. Sometimes if I just want to go through because you can't swipe to delete, right? You gotta check the box and then you gotta hit the three dots and then you gotta say move to trash. In regular Gmail you can just swipe to delete. And so if I need to just delete a bunch of crap because I'm good at email, I'll just boom, 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 boom in, in, in Gmail. You could just select all of them and then hit the three dots and then – but I'm used to just swiping to delete. I swipe to delete. So I don't, I don't know what you swipe for, but I swipe well, I guess, to delete. I guess the notifications on the phone itself, when you look at it, you, you look at the inbox notifications. But when you go into the, very app, the different apps themselves – I guess you handle them differently. Sure. I use them all differently. <laughs> it's pretty awesome, though. And then, uh, yeah, while we're talking about that, uh, Google Music bringing in some of the song songs and stuff, which is cool. I never used Saza before, but I like the way this looks. Some of the playlists are a little meh. We were bumping some Wu-Tang. That was pretty cool. Uh, so, yeah, right now it's saying, hey, it's Tuesday evening. What do you want to do? I'm like, I don't know. Are you having friends over? Are you going to cut loose? Are you trying to look fresh in the 90s? <laughs> Are you driving? <laughs> so, you know, and then you can go in. Let's say, uh, yeah, I'm just cutting loose. It's all good. So, and then it gives you the list of how you would like to then cut loose. Uh, won't stop hip hop, chill, laid back dance, flirty pop. Mm. Uh, can't stop pop. You know what the difference between flirty pop and can't – never mind. Uh, rising I'm confused because in... mine says it's Wednesday morning. Well, are you in the future? <laughs> I am. That's pretty sweet. They don't, they don't have lonely and tired on here, so. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder – I wonder if I make a playlist on Google Music and make it public and name it Lonely and Tired. <laughs> and in the description, just put this is for you. One of those nights, those late you nights or early are. mornings. You know who you are. Oh, man. That's pretty sweet. So, uh, let's see. You want to talk about uh, Samsung and their zero day in the Find My Mobile service, allowing some attackers to remotely lock some phones. Oh, Samsung. This is this is actually pretty cool. Like, if you watch the video, um, it, it's really weird. I don't know. Maybe this guy doesn't speak English because he, you know, he's just pantomiming the entire time. <laughs> Subtitles. Look See, what he's phone. saying here is your phone is about to get pwned. Yes. So he's... So... What he shows um, is 
he has a website up, you know, one that he's obviously coded, you know, very simple HTML. Um, and it, if you have the uh, the remote, the what do they call it? Find my device. Find my mobile. Samsung. Find my mobile. Find my mobile. Just by just by sending these commands through a simple web form, you can remotely lock the device, unlock <laughs> the device, or make it ring. Yo, is which is make it rain. Make yes, it'll it it'll just dollar bills will. It'll just start back. Google mailing you dollar bills. <laughs> I don't know why this feature wasn't put in by default. Weird, right? <laughs> is that it NFC? Because so I'm about to make it rain. <laughs> Yeah, Let's, hold on. Let me get my web form out, baby. I'm going to make it rain. Oh, yeah. So, and this is obviously, like, when we talk about some of these exploits, you have to download the thing. You have to push the button and say, yes, I want to install this. And then maybe it's malicious, maybe not. This, obviously, you've already downloaded. Area, it's in it's the device. In. It's in. It's in the device. So, what do you need? Yeah. The number? Do we, do we know? Do you just... It's not turned on by default, though. Right. Um, it looks like you need the device ID, which um, the I am the IMEI. I it didn't look like the IMEI when I was watching it. Um, I'm I'm scrolling through the YouTube video right now for the first video. Um, well, it's a good thing he doesn't talk. <laughs> um, That's really crazy. Yeah. So it's it's one of those. It's a it's a scary thing. Like it. You know, we've we've seen zero day exploits before, but the fact that this is like baked into um, one of the more popular the operating system is kind of messed up. Yeah, and one of the more popular ones, right? Everyone you know has a Samsung phone, so it's out yeah. there. It's out there a lot. Uh, this says the remote controls feature on Samsung mobile devices does not validate the source of lock code data received over a network. Oops. I mean, I could you, though? Like, you'd have to know what your IP was and whitelist it and all that. I mean, I guess if you were worried about it, <laughs> you would take those precautions. But uh, it says makes it easier for remote attackers to cause a denial of service, basically just screen locking with an arbitrary code by triggering unexpected Find My Mobile network traffic. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, so it looks like in his vulnerability, he was, um, he was unlocking it. Like, if when he shows his code, um, he had his actual pin code in in the HTML that was, it was sending. Um, but you know, besides that, like you said, like you could just you know, it's like a it's a it's like a DOS attack. Like you could, you could just keep spamming somebody if you wanted to screw with them. Sending it messages, rude yep, messages, their phone ring, and or images. That's an interesting idea. Uh, they link to two proof-of-concept videos, this NIST group uh, that Mohammed, uh, Egyptian security researcher Mohammed Abbaset. Uh, they demonstrate exploiting cross-site request forgery, CSRF, vulnerabilities in the Find My Mobile service that would allow an attacker to remotely lock, unlock, and ring the phone and make that phone rain. That's right, make it rain. Make it rain. Well, we talked about NIST before, too, because mm. when you know when we have a new device and folks want to get root access to it, a lot of times they will go to NIST, to the database, to see if there are any inherent vulnerabilities, like in the Linux kernel that um, the you know the particular version that that phone is running. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a very popular source for looking at these types of things. So is this – we should kind of talk about the Chainfire's post on Google Plus about why it's hard to root uh, the new version. So you're saying that, that they've – because so many so many of these have been rooted, they took extra extra care to, to lock five down? Or is it just the way it works? What, what's difficult about this latest iteration that you can't um, – I'm – I may stumble through this, and if there are any inaccuracies that listeners can point out, they should do. email um, Chainfire and let him know. <laughs> <laughs> so, in the latest version of in the latest version of Android in L, um, Google is is implementing SE Linux, security enhanced Linux. Um, I don't think they were doing that in the past, if I remember right, or maybe they were only doing it in bits and pieces. Right. The only SE Linux that we've had has been um, through custom ROMs like CyanogenMod. 
But on top of this, um, they are they've they've changed the way that uh, that services or daemons start up on the phone. Um, so before Chainfire, when your phone booted up, the init script for Linux would kick off, and then it would and then uh, Chainfire's uh, SuperSU would run as a process, I believe, um, in in the context of init. Um, so it's a, like very high level because init's the very first thing that that you know happens when you boot. So because they were using a common init, anyone could do something like that. So now they're using the SE Linux one, which is maybe not as common. What what they're doing is that they're they're not letting things start under the init. Ah, oh, okay. Init. Right, right. They're they're making them create their own context, which is then run and has um, you know SD Linux enforces uh, you know security protocols against those contexts. Which is good so if you're worried about your phone's security, but if you're trying to root your phone by exploiting that security, uh, maybe not so good. Yeah. So what what the whole post is, you know, it, and I'm really I'm really happy because I was, you know, you you, had, you don't know about these things, <clears throat> you know, for for most of us it just works and we're happy. Um, but what what the chain what Chainfire is saying is that in the future, um, what's probably going to be the case is that you're going to have to run a custom kernel if you want to have um, if you want to have super user running without any major issues. Um, you know, the what he had done for the Nexus 5 and Nexus 7 was was go into uh, was go into the device and comment out certain fields that would enforce some of this stuff. Right. Um, but that you know in the future we might need, you know, if you if you want root, you have to get something that has an unlockable <coughs> bootloader and you know some nice person who modifies the kernel for you. Which brings it back full circle to how it used to be. Remember, trying different kernels because certain ones had certain tweaks that would make the phone run better depending on which silicon piece your processor came out of because it varied from actual device to device. If you had two or three Droid Xs or Galaxy Nexi, you would want different different tweaks depending on you know how the processor was running. Sometimes it would crash. But then we stopped doing I'm that because you to this. Yeah, yeah, no, it'll be... Tweak those kernels, yo. <laughs> it's gonna be awesome. It was not, it, you know, it was kind of fun in like a, you know, the wild west, and we were all screwing with our devices. But it's it's nice when you don't have to do that just to get your root device work, your root access working. Yeah, I. We're almost spoiled now. I feel like that, like it's gotten so good. Personally, I haven't had to root or ROM a phone. Since I've had this Moto X, I guess this is the only one I have since the the Genex that was. But yeah, it's they're much better now. Yeah, I really don't want to return to the days of nearly breaking my device. Oh, those were fun days. Ready. Those were fun days. But uh, you know, sometimes you gotta grow up. Sometimes you gotta put your toys away, pull out your big boy phone, and go to work. And I can't be going to work when my phone's break. <laughs> <laughs> this is true, right? I can't order Taco Bell. That's right. How am I gonna eat? I might starve because I put the wrong kernel on my phone, <laughs> and I'm not due you're for emaciated. an upgrade. You're like one of those cats in a horrors episode. You're just sort of laying under right? a couple of boxes of magazines, just waiting for sure. someone to feed me. <laughs> awesome. Oh, uh, let's see. Nick, you've been awful quiet. Pick something and let's talk about I've it. I've been learning. <laughs> Nick, what kernel is your phone running? Uh, it's just a Nexus 4 on stock. So <laughs> Nice. The AOSP kernel. Anything interesting you've come across you want to to well, mention? It, or? it does look like the Droid Turbo has finally been, been announced and oh, released. This it is... Spec-wise, this is the one that I was kind of liking maybe more than the, the Moto X2. But then I looked at my upgrades not till 2015, so whatever. There'll be a Droid Turbo 4 by then. Yeah, it looks like, it, yeah, it looks like it's been announced, and it's, it's top 
top notch as far as all the specs. Larger battery, faster processor, you know, just all the bits. So higher resolution screen and all that. But one of the interesting things about it, it looks like that uh, Verizon's dropping the activation fees uh, if you want to upgrade to it. So that's kind of interesting. So you mean Verizon's not gonna steal that money from you when you get a new device? Like what an activation fee? What is that? Seriously, what are you? Yeah, realistically, they'll make. What up am for I that paying you to? What am I paying you to do? Yeah, it's well, they'll make up for it for whatever you know hidden you know subsidies they have into the, into what you're paying. Anyways, well, yeah, but, uh, yeah. At least that fee is explicitly not in there, so for whatever reason. So it looks like they're, so they're dropping have... fees. Yeah. But if you're dropping the phone, they're also going to replace the screen. Yeah. Which is nice. Ha <laughs> I like what you did but there. Only once. Only one time? Yeah. And they say that's an improvement on what HTC did uh, as far as its Advantage service, which only covers screen breakage for the first six months. So yeah. Verizon's going to do it for however long, but just one time. Yeah. I, I kind of like that. broken a screen. I kind of like it that It only better. takes once. I've never broken a screen yet. I'm going to knock yeah. on a little wood here. I have a small uh, crack in my Nexus 4 screen. So I've seen people use phones that have cracked screens indefinitely i guess yeah. i don't know how you reconcile that in your brain i could not i yeah. would not <laughs> i had a boss it. who took packing packaging tape because he, <laughs> he had broken his phone yeah <laughs> so many times he didn't want to show his wife so he took packaging tape a clear packaging tape and just put it over the top and every once in a while He'd, you'd hear him go, ow, and he'd be messing with his finger because little shards of glass would... Ah, <laughs> that's the worst. That is the worst. Yeah, I've been lucky in that the little crack that's on my screen is like, it's not even noticeable. Like, I only noticed it when I was looking for it. My, the phone flew out of my car seat. But uh, yeah, if it was a bad crack, I would just replace the phone. But it's nice that with this policy that it just gets replaced you know, during the life of that contract. So to your contract. Yeah. It's not cool. a windshield. I mean, I, I, I deal with broken windshield, whatever. That's fine. You put a little nail polish on it or, or what have you, but like on your screen, on your phone, you're touching it. I don't touch my windshield. I just have to see through it. And every now and again, the light hits it just right where it blinds you for a sec. That's fine. My phone. I can't, I can't deal with that. I need, I need the screen, uh, uncracked. No crack for me. Thanks. <laughs> I noticed that uh, people that I know with iPhones are the ones that are yeah. consistently breaking the screen. Yeah, and consistently not, not getting people. new replacements. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Now there's a whole business around this of, like, send us your phone. We will replace your screen. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding, right? Like, before you just – I don't know. I've Whenever I've had problems, I've just called and, like, gotten one cent. You just gotta wait till enough problems happen, for and, and then it's no problem. It's fine. So, uh, let's see. Anything else before we wrap this up? We talked about inbox, Samsung, yeah, yeah, Taco Bell, yeah. Well, here's one of the news items I thought was interesting. Google Play Games now supports multiplayer. Like, you have Two people nearby, they're both using the Google Play services. You know, they can connect that way, so that's pretty cool. Oh, nice. Kind of like how Facebook's like, hey, one of your friends is nearby. It just, like, knows. It's like, I always know where you are, and now I know where your friends are. And I'm going to make this connection happen, whether you like it or not. All right, you can be in a Starbucks, and you can digitally stalk people. Via via what game? What game are you digitally stalking people with? I don't know. Something something good. Three. You, you Here, here's one for the listeners. How are you digitally stalking people? How are ooh? I like <laughs> that. Let us know. Throw it out to the listeners. Where can they tell us that? Matt, they could tell us at show at attackoftheandroids.com. Nice. I heard that's a good show. It's a good email address. It is. So is this, is this something that's just going to get auto-magically flipped on and one day it's going to be like, hey, Eric's like literally in the other room getting a massage while you, you want to play a game with him? Or 
Do you want to play a game? Eric's busy. He doesn't want you bothering him during his massage. I'm done with your silly games. I think this is. I think this is just a. It's it's just another um, feature that you can bake into your games. Uh, at this point, I think it's in Google Play services already. Right. So people need to add it to their games so that we can all stalk each other in friendly, fun, gamey, uh, gamey ways. Does this do anything for Gamergate? Game Gamygate? What's that called? Game Gamegate? Game hashtag right. Gamergate. Okay. Tic tac toe. I don't know that it does. Gamergate. We should we should start calling it that. The Is show. Can we just call the show Gamergate? <laughs> Tic tac toe. Gamergate. And we'd probably get a lot more listeners. Probably not the kind that we want, but that's all right. Okay. <laughs> no. Nope. 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 All right. Uh, oh, I should mention we uh, we launched a new site. Uh, the group of friends that I uh, work work for, all of us here, uh, for HTC. It's called BreakingModern.com. So this has nothing to do with anything that I'm going to say on here about their stuff. But I do a few app reviews here and there, so you can check it out. I got a tech secure one up there and a Google Play Music up there. Of course, up before the cool update that added all the fun new stuff, but I'll just have to make another one. So, uh, yeah, check that out. And, of course, attackoftheandroids.com and Eric Finkenbeiner on Google+. Plus. He is a prolific guy on there posting things. Fight a nickel, right? You'd, You'd have nearly a dollar. Damn near. Nick, you got anything uh, coming up you want to mention? Uh, I'm still posting videos on my YouTube channel. I just did one today on, on the recent price drop for the Xbox, and my next video is going to be uh, more details on the Droid Turbo that uh, has just been announced by Verizon. So, Oh, cool. Oh, and I should mention, over the, the time we were gone, uh, my brother and I released that album, The Polici, The Chthonic Chronicles. It's out on Google Play Music. If you're an all-access subscriber, you can just listen to it if you want to buy it. It's up there. Uh, it's also on SoundCloud for free. You can download it or stream it or whatever. There's a set there for it. It's eight tracks, four hip-hop, four EDM, just banging like, I don't know. You got to listen to it. My brother made all the, all the music for all of it, and then I wrote the lyrics and did the rappy uh, so yeah, check it out. It's our first album that me and my brother actually made together. Our friend Ben, uh, Space Base, he did the album art for it. It was like a school art project. So I don't know. It, it was cool. It was a fun like group thing we worked on all summer, and it's neat to see it out and it's done. And I don't gotta like think about those rhymes anymore. I can start thinking about new ones. So uh, the Polici, the Cathonic Chronicles. It's on the Matt Lee Google Play Music page because I didn't want to make another artist thing. So uh, yeah, check that stuff out. And like Eric said, show at attackoftheandroids.com. That's us uh, usually every week, every other week, as we can. So uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us. We'll catch you all next time. Bye. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to Attack of the Androids. You can join us every week at www.attackoftheandroids.com slash live.